Listening Dog Media. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Yes! Oh, yes! The Offside Rule We Get It is brought to you by Continental Tires. Hello and welcome to the Offside Rule We Get It. And this episode comes from Loftus Road, QPR. I could just bask in this sunshine, girl. <laughs> it's lovely. Uh, I'm joined by Hayley McQueen. Moi. Hello. Uh, I'm Lindsay Hooper, and next to me on my right is Kate Wilson. Baking away slowly. It's lovely, though, isn't it? Feels like being in Ibiza, although we're not. We're right in the middle of Shepherd's Bush, but, you know, we <laughs> can always aim. Shepherd's Bush, Ibiza, <laughs> not too much between them. Uh, this is a really apt place mm. for us to be, especially because you're back again. I am. I was sat here behind the dugout, not able to see the dugout in the director's box. Mm. Only mm. Hayley would have the director's yeah, box. Two seats away from a Bramovich. I was very happy about that. You know what they say about those prima donna privileged presenters? <laughs> always saying, <laughs> you know, now we know that you're a real football fan, of course, but tell us about the director's box experience. Did you have nice We've catering? Had I had nice full, food. There was a full English and wine. Oh, OK. Bucks Frizz on arrival, but I missed that. It was absolutely devastated. <laughs> so I had a mug of tea and wine. Half time, I had a pie. Oh, yeah. They had pies to make you feel like you were actually getting the real authentic football. match day experience mm. in the director's box with the carpet and everything else. Fancy toilets. Well, so soap. 88 minutes, you'd have loved it, wouldn't you? For 88 minutes, you'd have been in heaven. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a QPR fan, but I didn't really want Chelsea to win. And actually, I didn't think they deserved mm. to win. So anyway, the roars went up around me with Abramovich just fist-punching his billions of body weight behind him. And I was like... <laughs> There you were like, go. whoa, stand back there. Yeah. But it was, it was a funny old game, wasn't it? Because Chelsea had looked less than convincing, especially mm. that game and the last two games before that, Stoke and, and Hull as well. So they don't, to me, look like champions. But, of course, they behave like champions when they score in the final few minutes. And poor old QPR. The look on Chris Rams's face, I felt so sorry for him. Mm. They really, really tried very hard. Well, post-match, Jose Mourinho has now said just three wins, two draws, and Chelsea will be champions. Mm. He's also talked about how they're not normal because they've been at the top for so long, over 270-odd days spent at the top of the Premier League. But I think you hit on a point there because I don't think it's been pretty lately. If you go back on the last six league wins, they've actually only won by one goal margin. And we're used to Chelsea and the free-flowing football that we've seen under Mourinho before of having four, five-nil 
results. And, and the lack of strikers as well. They, they, because Costa's out, obviously, um, they only had one recognised striker. That was Didier Drogba. He was labouring. They had um, Isaiah Brown on the subs bench. But they took a risk. As mm. well as having no strikers, they took a risk in playing Matic and, and Fabregas. Both players yeah. only a card away from getting a two-match ban. Not nice at this point in the season. So he's also taking risks as well, Jose mm. Mourinho, I think, at, 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 a, at a bit of a strange point in the season yeah. to take them. And you'd have thought you maybe dropped those players for the game against QPR as opposed to, you know, they've already dropped points against yeah. Liverpool and City, as we know, and with seven games left. Mm, well, they've got uh, United mm. and Arsenal, I think, coming yeah. up, haven't they? Well, it might be Chelsea's title to come, the fourth title for Chelsea. Mm. Well, I think mm. we've resigned to that, aren't we? But let's talk about winning pretty, because it won't go down as one of the seasons where they really have been... Mm creative, shown flair, but there have been occasions, looking back on the Premier League era, where we have seen that. It's very mm. predictable here, Kate, I'm afraid <laughs> to say, that Hayley McLean is going to go to Manchester United. What a bad to do with a Manchester yeah. United fan and a Liverpool fan. Yeah, what a bad topic. Manchester United have won the most Premier League titles. Yeah. We're going to start with you, as we always do. Which of those titles are you going to go with? Yeah, well, we've got some fun stuff coming up, haven't we, a little bit later on. So we'll discuss the serious business of title-winning sides. And what about the treble-winning Manchester United side, who emphatically won in that 99-2000 mm. season by an 18-point margin. That is unheard of. Yes, we had the excitement a few seasons ago when it was City and United and it came down to goal difference and Don't I hated it. Don't say about that one because that might be coming up in a minute. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but um, the, the margins have, have been quite slim, but two runs of six wins consecutively and 11 consecutive victories as well, which actually led into the following season in the home game against mm. Arsenal, when of course they had to give them a guard of honour, which was great. <laughs> but for Manchester United to have achieved so much in other tournaments, to have then gone on and win the le- won the league in such emphatic style was quite brilliant. And there was a season as well, you'll remember it, Kate, with the, Cause, the cause Liverpool Ranch. were like runners up or something. Liverpool were, yes, they were leading at the time. Yes. Manchester United and Sir Alex Ferguson headed to Tokyo, didn't they, to play in this World Club Champions World Club game Club. or whatever yeah. it was yeah. called and everyone was oh he's not going to he took his strongest he took his whole squad with him and uh, basically came back from that and just absolutely battered everybody mm. on the way to winning the league again that was of course the famous season where Rafa had his rant yeah. and I interviewed him a couple of years ago and he still insists to this day that it was all calculated he didn't lose it at all oh no he didn't he remained his typical cool Spanish self yeah right <laughs> um, it, of course it looked like he lost it but but he maintains actually a little bit of a word from behind the scenes here from him that um, someone at Manchester United gave Liverpool a tip off that, that uh, those were Ferguson's weak points and so that's why Rafa mm-hmm. came out with that quite weird rant really yeah. weirdly timed rant and it all backfired because, as we know, Liverpool uh, got themselves out of the reckoning and Manchester mm. United swiftly moved themselves into it. Well, as the only one of us who supports a championship side, or hopefully to come, Premier League, who knows? <laughs> uh, keep on, keep on dreaming, yeah. Um, anyway, it's going to be a while. <laughs> you can't pick Liverpool, Kate, because they've not won a no, Premier thanks. League title. Thanks very much. So who are you going for? <laughs> well, we can't talk about winning the Premier League title beautifully and in, and in emphatic style without talking about Arsenal, can we? Mm. Because the Invincibles era yeah. is something that we'll all remember. Um, and I talk about this actually pertinently because uh, with the win against Burnley at the weekend, Arsenal have now recorded eight, well, eight straight yeah. Premier League wins, which, wow. which no other Premier League team has done this season so far. So well done to them. And actually Wenger came out and said he feels like the spirit of the Invincibles is with the team. Now, we all know that they're all still alive, but I'm imagining Henri shouting down from the sky, shoot the ball, play with style, play sexy football, va va voom. Sexy football. And I'm imagining Bergkamp from across the seas. He'd, of course, have to drive here rather than fly here, but I'm 
imagining him, you know, coaching words of perfection to the Arsenal team. But it really feels like this Arsenal mm. team going about their business quietly but effectively. There's a marked difference, though, isn't there? When he says about having the spirit of the Invincibles, it's a shame we didn't have that spirit from day one of the season, isn't it? Because yeah, Arsenal but, got off to that ploddy start again. As yeah, but you never do. do with Arsenal ever since that that. Uh, they didn't in that season. Though. Well, no, and and, and, either, and Arsenal either start off brightly and then completely fall apart at Christmas because of injury, or they start badly and then they struggle to try and get anything back from that. This season, could they could they chase Chelsea? Well, it is, you know, in theory, possible point-wise, but I think no one's, no one's really predicting that. Everyone's being, uh, being very, very safe about it. Let's look at the Invincibles era, shall we? It actually all started back in 2002, and quite interestingly, um, Arsenal didn't lose an away game during that season. The last team to do that about 100 years previously, over 100 years previously, was Preston. They, at that time, were called the Invincibles, and that's where the nickname came from. Uh, Arsene Wenger then said that he would go through the next season without losing a game. That didn't happen, okay, and they conceded the title to Manchester United, who they'd pipped to the post in that 2002 title. So let's fast forward to 2002, 2003, 2004, and uh, Arsenal did. They actually did it, went through the whole season, and then some into the next season, um, without losing a single game. It went to 48 games unbeaten in total so it went on beyond but pretty uh, I want pretty well pretty players should we talk about Vieira well Vieira's not that pretty let's let's talk about Henri let's talk about Bergkamp let's talk about that back line as well you've got Sol Campbell in there uh, Ashley Cole in there as well Um, it was a fantastic era for Arsenal and you've only got to look at some of the ex-players talking about that time Mm. Um, here's Bergkamp in Bergkamp's um, book, actually, he talks about how he thinks they were as close to perfection as they could have been, and that um, really they had such belief that, that none of them, none of them ever really considered anything else apart from winning. It, it was a total winning mentality. And Henri also talks about how they were about as close to perfection as they could have been. You just had a feeling, Henri said that you were going to win, that, that you were going to take this momentum with you. And the, the kind of team all in sync as well, yeah. each of them saying various players have been quoted over the years. Maybe and they that's all where all felt... the car adverts came from, <laughs> being in sync. <laughs> but Go all on. of them had this kind of, um, had this kind of whether it's a telepathic thing or it's just being perfectly in, 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 in sync, going onto a football field and knowing what kind of run your, your opponent's going to do, knowing when to time your tackle, yeah. or knowing when to time your run to meet someone else's ball. So in terms mm. of fluid football, in terms of beautiful football, in terms of rewriting perhaps the way football's played, you've got to look at that era. And, well, Arsenal are the masters and I think you probably got the answer that we should all go for obviously Hayley's going to go for Man United but but yeah I think you've probably got the answer for me not to be contrary but I am going to go for Man City 2011-12 new money (laughs) new money first time they won the Premier League title since 1968 I mean obviously the Premier League wasn't even around then so the first time they won the top flight title since Mm. 1968 and if we're going to talk about pretty football and actually if we're going to talk about records at home and things like that Mm. as well in terms of going unbeaten Mm. I was really impressed with City that season in the sense that they didn't lose at home only actually drew one game it was against Sunderland um, in the entire time that they were playing mm. at the Etihad away from home as well they had brilliant form but the amount of clean sheets they kept they kept mm. something like 10 clean sheets at home in that season mm. but let's talk about pretty players one of my favourites and he had a season to remember 
David Silva. Oh. Yeah. The assists and the exquisite pinpoint passing mm. during that season. There's two in memory that I could pick up on. James Milner goal, a Sergio Aguero goal. Um, and actually, there was one for Edin Dzeko as well, where his pass was just something of beauty. Mm. So for me, I, I like the fact of the history and what they did and the fact of the drama. It was one on goal difference. Mm. Sergio Aguero's last gasp winner that won them the title was Manchester United to point it out we're on the pitch <laughs> wondering whether they'd won the title or not yes last day drama it was just nice to watch it was awful plus he's the perfect pocket sized footballer isn't he he's, he's he absolutely is. He's tiny yeah. in fact if you had two pocket sized footballers to put in your Ooh. handbag him and Zola him, him and Zola for you yeah. messy yeah yes oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'd have to go pockets, Raheem well. Sterling because he's quite diddy <laughs> yes pocket sized footballers we'll leave that there <laughs> Watch videos and hit subscribe to our YouTube channel, Offside Rule TV. Now, before we go on to topic number two, I will remind you that you can give us a follow on Twitter at Offside Rule Pod and you can check out brand new football content, new articles from all of our volunteers uh, who write away, scribbling away about football, all genuine football mm. fans mm. as well, at OffsideRulePodcast.com. Uh, we'll move on to topic number three in a moment where we're going to talk one of our favourite topics of all time, player endorsements. <laughs> it's time that we yeah. do a new one, a new version. Uh, but first, uh, Gabon is the new host for the Africa Cup of Nations in 2000. 2017, mm. and that has inspired us for a topic. I want you to just be as obscure and outrageous <laughs> as these as you can, because we're thinking countries that have mm -hmm. never hosted a football tournament. They can host mm -hmm. the Euros if they like, or the World Cup. Um, let's gift them one of the ultimate football tournaments, uh, but I want you to justify why they should have it, please. Uh, who would like to start? I'll start, shall I? Okay, yeah. go on then, Kate. Okay, well, according to some random survey, this little island, 21 metres square, contains the most overweight population, and that's my reason for bringing some <laughs> sort of... you to get everyone slim. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to get everyone into shape. Coming from the vegetarian. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's called Nuharuhu, and it's off Australia, and in fact, quite often... Oh. Um, Australia sends some of their immigrants over there. So it's a slightly contentious island in that it doesn't... It, it kind of has this fallout relationship with um, they Australia. They could do with a bit of football. Well, exactly. Yeah. They could do with a bit of fun, a bit of light entertainment. Um, only 21 kilometres square. So, uh, I mean, you, you, you'd literally have to fill most of that space with football stadia. <laughs> so I'm thinking, you know, just grounds right next door to each other, perhaps. Um, but, yeah, it's um, the world's smallest nation, apparently. Uh, an island country in Micronesia in the central Pacific. So nice views as well. Wow. I want to get specific on the metres. What metres was it? 21 kilometres square. I've got one better. Oh, okay. Sea land. And it is a micro-nation. It's off. It, it sounds like a resort in Florida. <laughs> it does. It does. When I went to go and see Shamu, the killer whale, when I was 11. <laughs> um, 10, 10 kilometres. Absolutely tiny. It's... Do you know where it is? Where? It's off the UK. What? It's actually a neighbouring country of what ours. Is? I'm going to go to SeaWorld. It's called Sealand. Sealand, right. Sea doesn't put pizza on it. Sealand. Yes. It's so small, it's been termed a micronation. It was discovered just off the English coast. World War Two. Uh, Paddy Roy Bates went and occupied it. Not Paddy Roy Bates. <laughs> yeah, oh, Paddy Roy Bates. Him again. <laughs> he gets everywhere. <laughs> I'm thinking, just for Paddy, we take over <laughs> the, the football Let's that we all love. Yeah, the World Cup. And we have it on the smallest micronation of England. Because you know what? This is my theory behind it. Set Blatter won't give us the blooming World Cup, will he, England? Can he give it Sealand? Just off the English Ooh. coast. We could all go there. That's how we get one up on him. Oh, fine, yeah. Good. This is kind of weird, actually, because I've also gone for a very small country and I've gone for it so that everybody can manoeuvre around and get to the stadiums and there aren't the travel issues. Mm. I've gone for Luxembourg, the capital of Luxembourg. The only problem is, yes, they do have lots of stadia. However, um, the... 
biggest capacity of the stadium, the big arena that they use for the big sports out there, basketball and handball, <laughs> 8,000 300. Oh, that's not many. So small. it isn't many. So they're going to have to rely on you getting a director's box again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. A few, ten people in the press room. That'll do. <laughs> but I just thought, yeah, in terms of not having to move around so much, we saw the mm. troubles that the teams had uh, in, in in Brazil, of course, mm. even South Africa. But not just the teams. I'm thinking about the fans. And because yeah. it's so centrally based, you've got Spain, just Germany, around, Belgium. You? you just all come into Luxembourg, yeah. create a football city. Yeah country same thing because Luxembourg is the capital of Luxembourg <laughs> and that's just where you go with that now we saw as well uh, lots of troubles of course out in Spain in 82 uh, with having to travel far because France and West Germany who were both based in Madrid at the time had to go and play a semi-final in Seville guess what they got delayed and held up and arrived in the early hours of the morning on the day of the game and it was that an is. absolute disaster so mm. as far as travel I'm thinking maybe Seth could employ me for the World Cup as his chief travel coordinator. You don't want to go and work for Set, be my guest. Do you I, want I, the, the bonuses? The watch? <laughs> <laughs> Do you want the least densely populated country? Because in terms of um, World Cups, we were out in Brazil, yeah. uh, and, and, and it's just a, it, it's, sometimes it's too much. There's just too many people all mm. in one place, and you're a bit like, <gasps> it's just too, it, it just, uh, yeah. sometimes when we were on you that want beach, a country. At times, I just felt like that moment where you want one of those giant flags mm. so that I could tell you that's where I'll be. Oh, and it wasn't just that horrible. beach, was it? It was no. the Copacabana. Oh no, it's Copacabana. That beach. Oh, that beach. Um, yeah, <laughs> that one. I'm there every, every year, pretty much. Um, so the least densely populated country is Mongolia. Okay, okay. there are only four people per square mile. Compare that. Compare that to Hong Kong, which has got the highest population mm. density. They've got 340,000 people wow. per square mile. So there's quite some difference there. So I'm thinking, nice and quiet, nice and peaceful. Ooh. None of the Jazz or the people in your face or the people offering your caipirinhas right in your face. Oh, I like that yeah, bit. I know, I know. <laughs> uh, but uh, like but why not take the World Cup to Mongolia? You've all you've all heard of the Outer Mongolia, haven't you? You know the most yeah. remote place ever. Well, yeah. Why not there? You are going to love this one that oh. I've got that I found. This is a gem because why are we here doing the offside rule? We get it because off the back of Andy Gray, which is that sort of scenario, we felt like actually we wanted to be women and have have an opinion in football and we've got Sean Massey flying the flag for referees mm -hmm. um, often we're outnumbered aren't we not in this country in this country that I found by the way it's part of the Czech Republic Ooh. and I'm not condoning all of its behavior but you're gonna <laughs> just, enough, just run with it? me <laughs> this is a nation founded in 1996 oh. and women rule Women yes. over men. Good. Um, it's part of the Czech Republic. It's called the Other World Kingdom. Oh. <laughs> does this place kingdom? actually exist? Have because a queen. It does. It has a queen. Queen, <laughs> queen Patricia the first. Oh, Pat. Oh. Lovely, lovely lady. She has a hierarchy who she calls her sublime ladies. You oh. would love it. You'd fit in like a glove. You'd love Amazing. it. Amazing. Um, what do they wear? Every woman. Nothing. They can wear what they want because they have a manslave <laughs> each. <laughs> no, this is the bit that I'm not condoning. I'm not condoning having a manslave. Yeah. I'm not in favour of oh, any I form am. of slavery. No. I knew you'd pipe up. If he cooks. Brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> if he irons. Kate's already got Dan for that. Um, <laughs> is he your manslave? He is my manslave, yeah. Um, but yeah, each woman gets a man as a slave. Uh, all these noble Oof. women, they're the hierarchy. There are a, a, a layer of men below them who who actually make sure they get all the tax and all the laws and enforce all the taxes. But apart from that, women rule. 
Brilliant. Gosh, I think that's the nation to go to. I think we take the World Cup there. Well, yes, I think so. I'd like to be one of the supreme women or whatever they're called. Sublime. Sublime Sublime Even even better, even better. Um, Do you want a quick one to finish off with? Mm -hmm. You know how sometimes it's good to combine a holiday and football? And we we obviously did did that. that. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to take this. We're going to have a T-shirt, Boozios 2000. Yes, which was a lovely seaside town in Brazil where we frequented many bars this summer as well as took in a bit of football as well. Um, So I'm thinking, the ultimate in matching luxury holiday with luxury Ooh. football perhaps Bora Bora. well how about we take the world cup or some big football tournament to the maldives before oh. it completely oh, yeah. disappears yes. because we need something to put the maldives on the map before sea levels mean that it will completely go maybe so, all those people playing football though it might just sink well it's only 1.8 meters above sea levels so i don't think it's going to be that long before that luxury honeymoon island of the maldives goes so let's make sure that we take and enjoy the little huts and the free massages and stuff like that as well because he keeps getting a mention we'll just leave set blatter there until it sinks <laughs> two, two very quick ones two very quick <laughs> ones um rainfall i looked at the country with the most rainfall hawaii i wouldn't mind oh, going there well, as yeah. well having a bit of a all day long i uh, just thought that might give england the best chance we're used to rain yes. we might actually yeah. win a tournament yes. um and the other one was either nigeria or, or parts of uganda where they have lots of tribes because i just thought if every country took a, and they actually had to become part of a local tribe and you did a like war dance before you did the football amazing That'd be wow. it? <laughs> paint Oh, oh the God. thought of one of our footballers, yeah, cooking exactly. Cooking over a, a fire, log fire. And you would start that yourself? I wouldn't, because you know that I'm <laughs> awful at that sort yeah. of thing. Time now to get the latest from the WSL. Here's Sue Smith summing up everything for us. Sue Smith's WSL Roundup. Brought to you by Continental Tyres. Hello, everyone. Here's my weekly roundup of women's football. I'm going to start with England this time. They played their last preparation game for the World Cup against China last Thursday. And it was a massive boost for the Lionesses, winning the game 2-1. The game was at the Academy Stadium, which is where Manchester City play their home games from this season. And it's excellent. We played them there in the FA Cup and such a good stadium to play at. The crowd was over 5,000 and they had lots to cheer about. Firstly, goals from Jodie Taylor and probably the most informed striker in the league, Frank Kirby. It's exactly the result that the girls would have wanted before going to Canada. Now it's the tough task of Mark Sampson to pick his squad for the World Cup. There's lots of informed players at the minute, so uh, all the best, Mark. Domestically, it was FA Cup weekend. As we were knocked out by Man City, I had a weekend off. Well, I say a weekend off. Double training session on a Sunday. Not quite a a weekend off, so uh, no rest for the wicked there. But the quarterfinals for the FA Cup were as follows. Arsenal played Chelsea. Notts County played Aston Villa. Man City played Birmingham. OK, I'll start with the derby first. Arsenal against Chelsea. This was always going to be a, a bit of a tasty encounter. And it happened that two former Gunners would punish their old side. Firstly, Katie Chapman headed the Blues in front. And then Gemma Davidson doubled the lead. Left-back Emma Mitchell for Arsenal pulled one back. It was a fantastic strike. Not sure if it was a cross-come shot. I'm sure she'll say it was a shot, but it was a, it was a great goal nonetheless. So the game finished 2-1. Chelsea are through to the semis. Next up was Notts County. They faced WSL two-side Aston Villa. And after quite a, a close first half, Notts County eased through in the end to a, a 5-1 victory. Goals from Aileen Whelan, Ellen White, Laura Bassett, and then two from substitute Dunya Susie. The last, the final game I'm going to talk about was Man City against Birmingham. Man City actually won this game 3-1. 
Tony Duggan opened the scoring, so it was good to see her back back playing and scoring. Uh, before Nikita Paris double the lead, have to say she's a player that I've been really impressed with this year. Birmingham sub, um, Coral Jade Haynes came and came on and, and pulled the goal back, but then Jill Scott scored the third to make it through one. So Man City through to the semi-finals. Okay, the draw was actually made on Monday, and we know now that Everton face Notts County and Chelsea will play Man City. Okay, it's really difficult to say who's going to win these matches and who's going to get to the final, but I've got to say the players must be so excited to actually be playing at Wembley in an FA Cup final. So it's it's lots to play for. And again, it's another massive step in women's football. Let's hope we can get a really big crowd there at Wembley because I'm sure that the football on show is going to be a, a great spectacle. Okay, that's all for now. Um, see you all again next week. Thank you very much, Sue. Finally, ladies, we've been recording this show for two and a half seasons and one of our favourites, which was in the early days, was product endorsement. We've got yeah. some crackers. Yeah. Uh, we need to do another lot. Um, Footballers do anything for money, don't I, they, well, basically? Yeah. There's a lot to choose from. Joe Hart, he has everything, doesn't he? Yeah, he still feels like he needs to advertise Dandruff. an anti-dandruff shampoo for a few extra coins. By the way, I coins. prefer Jimmy Bullard's head and shoulders <laughs> to, to Joe Hart. Yeah. <laughs> Although his, his hair, I'm a little bit jealous. He's got lots more than I've what, got. What, Bullard? Yeah, it's out here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, anyway, which ones have you gone for? Um, I'm going to go Peter Schmeichel, Dame, Dame Pack. Pack. Ugh. I mean, have you seen those adverts? No. He, uh, he basically decided it was a great idea to take lots of money. Yeah, uh, from the Danish bacon company Dame Pack and do an advert for them. them. Not only is he advertising bacon, they've got him dressed up as a butcher, playing an accordion with some goalkeeper gloves on. I don't think it was possible to be able to play an accordion with wow. goalkeeper gloves, Did but he know? manages to achieve it. And he sings as well. <laughs> he does sing. He's got accordion as well as me in the advert. I saw that. And I heard that the casting director chose him not only because he was Danish, but also because they thought he looked like the butcher on the packet. <laughs> what? Wow. <laughs> it's insane. They basically rewrote... Well, you probably don't remember. There's a famous George Formby song, When I'm Cleaning Windows, and they've got... Oh, yes. Well, yes. I don't know it per se, Kate, but, but it wasn't probably, there at the Probably time, a favourite but... of your grandparents, yeah. or mm. certainly on, on in our house uh, a little bit when I was young, just, just for the sheer comedy value. But, yeah, they basically rewrote to the to the tune of When I'm Cleaning Windows oh to advertise... Windows? When I'm Cleaning Windows. But, yeah, disastrous. Hey, disastrous. Oh, my gosh. Well, AC Milan, very cool, slick, stylish designer... Were they going to have a designer label across the front of their shirts back in the 80s, like Armani or something like that? No. Poo. <laughs> Poo jeans. Peter Poo. Blue H. They played the full season with poo across the front of their shirts. And the Danish the national team. And what were the results like? I have no idea. <laughs> Brilliant. Probably not poo. The Danish national team was sponsored by Dong Energy, so they had what? Dong written across Dong. their t-shirts. Dong written across their t-shirts for that season. Do you remember Nicholas and Alka being very, very good at football? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. He was wasn't he? Don't you think he would have had many, many offers apart from one which came through, which was to endorse a burger? Oh, he weird. literally puts his name to a burger, and through the entire advert, a woman just talks to his poster. He couldn't even be bothered to set up in person. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so they could afford to pay him to endorse the burger, but not to show he up. He put his for the name photo. to it. Yeah, he put his name to it. What about Imagine biting into an Elka. Oh. <laughs> What about Cristiano Ronaldo? Oh, what does yeah. he bite into? Fried chicken. Yeah, bad, is it? I bet he doesn't eat fried tr- chicken. But there's a better one of Cristiano Ronaldo since. Castrol the Japanese. Oil. No. no. Oh. Do you know about this one? The Japanese face, face exerciser thing. face exerciser. What? And he's been endorsing that. That was in 2014 last year. I did not it's know like, about that. Yeah. It, it basically, it's the like, advert... 
it's kind of like something out of The Apprentice when they make the all the contestants make an advert for something wow. ridiculous. Yeah, and that's this long. That's that's Hold the kind face. of quality level of that. Um, I found a cracker. It's to show his white teeth off. <laughs> well, that's very nice for him. Um, uh, featuring some Norwegian players, John Arnarisa, uh, Morgan Gamps Patterson, and Eric Hooskleb as well. Now, these guys uh, were paid by a fruit company to advertise the fact that it's much better to eat fruit than to eat sweets. Well, that's not brain science anyway, but the adverts, awful. They basically have uh, Risa and Pedersen as the as the kind of bouncers and they try and get Hooskleb to stop picking at the pick mix and to choose fruit instead. There's a really unfortunate shot where they shove some bananas in Hooskleb's chest, which is a bit weird. And they wrap. Okay, so Risa yeah. and Pedersen wrap throughout this. They also wear awful suits, a bit like they've been to Burton, no offence Burton, and got some very <laughs> ill-fitting suits. Um, the uh, start of the advert obviously in Norwegian, is like, no, 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 you shouldn't be eating those sweets. And then I've lifted off um, a couple of lyrics here just, just to try and recreate These it. These wrapped. Can you wrap yes. them to In us? a supermarket. Yes. In, I want, I want to get in a pseudo-supermarket. Well, I can't wrap, as everyone knows. Well, this um, is why it's going to be good. Well, no, because I am no John Barnes, luckily. But just This isn't the beatbox championships. Uh, so Pedersen, at one point, goes, nopper cropper, nopper cropper, <laughs> which I can only assume means it's no good, it's no good. And then Pedersen stands up and does this little hip shimmy. Oh, uh, I'm glad you started to the, the dance To the nopper cropper, as if nopper cropper, and I've no idea what it means, but as if nopper cropper means you'll look this good if you nopper cropper the fruits. Well, this one's for you, Kate. I've picked this one out especially. Fernando Torres. Mm -hmm. uh, we're talking before the dizzying heights of Liverpool. Chelsea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, he has a friend in Spain who's a dog trainer and a dog handler. So the friend comes on board. I would do this. If I had a friend who was a super-duper mm. famous footballer, I'd say, can you endorse my Yeah, handle? of course of course, you would. I know you don't like dogs, so bear with mm. me as to why I've chosen this one for you. Um, but he, he tells a pug to sit down. He gives these instructions in the advert. He's, he shows one around a bit of a track and, a, and a, an obstacle course, a bit like Crufts. Um, and then he has a kickabout with an Alsatian. Literally what? plays football. By the way, before you say anything, one of my old dogs was brilliant at football. <laughs> really good defender. Could show a few of the Where players here if the thing will do. Um, I mean, unfortunately, he's in doggy heaven. Playing football oh, in the sky. But um, the reason why I picked this out, this Alsatian is called Nacho. <laughs> he did it in Nacho. a Nacho. He did it in Nacho a Gerard shirt. In a Gerard in a shirt? Yeah. What, the dog? So, yeah, so in this advert, the dog's wearing, the Alsatian is wearing a Gerard what? shirt. What? Yes. That's the most bizarre thing ever. Look it up on YouTube. I am going to have to. What about a famous goalkeeper dressed up as an oil filter? <laughs> the great, as you do. The, the legendary Pat Jennings dressed up as an oil filter as people took shots at him to stop them going into the car <laughs> to promote healthy car car parts. It was all a advertising bit weird. genius. That actually reminds me about once when I was in Leicester Square oh and God, myself what? and my friend we, we bumped into some people promoting as the shades toilet roll and they were dressed as toilet rolls. Oh, no. oh dear! And used us for some time. And Coming on a day like today, you wouldn't you wouldn't really want to be dressed as a toilet roll, would you? No, not no, not in Leicester no. Square. Uh, anyway, thank you, girls. Um, another podcast undusted. Uh, from here in QPR. Have you got your beach towel ready? Because I reckon we should kind of have a bit of something. <laughs> On the pitch. Yeah. <laughs> Middle of April, you wouldn't know it. Uh, <laughs> thank you very much for joining us. We'll be back next time with more at Offside Rule Pod on Twitter and OffsideRulePodcast.com is our website address. Bye for now. Yes! Oh, yes! The Offside Rule We Get It is brought to you by Continental Tyres. Sports Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.